Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Partners. Good afternoon and good evening and welcome to the latest HR on the Offensive podcast. It's me, Chris Howard from Lace Partners. Thank you, as always, for joining us on this latest edition of our long-running podcast, which has been going for just coming up to three years now, which is really mental when you think about it. We're coming up to three years of the HR on the Offensive podcast, but we are very glad that you are joining us. And today's podcast, I've decided to grab a load of laces and get them to give me a little bit of thoughts on a topic, which is uh, something that we've been talking about quite a lot recently in regards to a campaign that we've been running around what's HR's one big thing. Now, I'm not going to go into too much detail about that yet because I'm going to introduce one of our guests in a minute who's going to talk a little bit more about that. But this is going to be, we're trying this out. This is going to be something slightly different today. We are trying a fireside chat. And so rather than it being me, ask questions of maybe somebody external, a chief people officer or somebody that's that's got a soapbox they want to focus on. I wanted to get three guys from Lace along to really talk about this topic around hybrid work, because it's one of the things that we're talking to a lot of businesses about, particularly post-pandemic in the wake of the fact that organisations are telling us, you know, we don't think we've cracked it. So before I waffle on too long, I should probably introduce our three lacers who will be joining me for this fireside chat. I will start ladies first, Becky Jones. Becky, how are you doing? Hello. I'm very excited. My first podcast. It's not. It is my first podcast. Wow. Well, welcome on to the show. Thank you. First of many to come. Adam Morris, who is a little bit more experienced in the ways of podcast. How are you doing, Adam? I'm I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, this is, I don't know how many podcasts we have done previously, but uh, this is definitely not my first, but it's probably one of the only ones we've done outside of payroll. So this is usually hear me on payroll. Today, we're going to be talking maybe a bit broader, which is nice for me. Stretch my wings. A little bit different, a little bit different. I like it. And finally, last but not least, I'm introducing Mr. Horton, Chris Horton. Chris is our author of The One Big Thing. So say hello, Chris. And then let's start off with a little bit of One Big Thing chat before we then start to look specifically about hybrid. So crack on. So hello, Chris. Mr. Howard, how are you? Looking forward to chatting about hybrid working today. I think it's a fascinating topic that has had huge newspaper coverage. We've seen the Elon Musks of the world wanting everyone to come back to Twitter. We've seen Goldman Sachs. We've seen lots of other different companies, you know, demand people to come back. We've seen other companies go fully hybrid where everyone's either working from home or working from home at least a couple of days per week. I think it's a topic that will remain. I think hybrid working will be here in 20 years and it will just become part of the everyday working for anyone. I think the real challenge at the moment and the the interesting topic or the reason why we're even talking about it is much more around well, as a company, what do I do? How can I best get this to work? And I think the the very simple answer is talk with your employees look at what your business needs to do ask the right question and that question is really 
what's the work? What's the actual activities that need to happen? And then the secondary is where does the work need to be done? And I think it's as simple, you know, it's as simple as that. However, I think lots of organisations are either asking the wrong question. So they're focusing on, you know, how many days a week should people be at work or how many days a week should people be working from home or should we even have people working from home? Whereas I think it's much more about what are the activities and, you know, what's the actual work that needs to be done. Yeah. I just want to get some thoughts from Adam and, and then Becky on that. So we'll kick off with you, Rad, just based on what Chris has just said, what do, what's your kind of top line view on this this view of the world of hybrid as we now stand in? Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting one. And I, I think Chris did a, a, a good job of saying how high profile it is as well. I, I'm struggling to think, of, you know, Chris, maybe maybe you 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 can think of anything in HR that has been this high profile for, for, for a long time, really, as in we've got business leaders talking about it. We've got newspaper columnists talking about it. We've got random, you know, everybody on the street has a view. And 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 I I think that that kind of adds a lot of noise into the into into the system. And I completely agree with with what Chris said in terms of, you know, I think the the, the first point where you need to talk to is is understand your employees, understand what they want. I think the second half of that though is understand what you as a business want. Right. So, you know, we're coming at this, well, I, I deal as listeners to podcasts know, mostly around people function, people strategy and, 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 and payroll strategy. So how do we transfer that business strategy into what we do as HR and what we do as, as, as payroll? And I think the 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 key thing that, that we're seeing is that where these issues are aligning is where there's a difference between, you know, hybrid working practices and the organization's strategy. So if you're a manufacturing organization and you have a manufacturing plant in Lithuania, for, for example, hybrid working out of Germany is going to be really difficult if your job is to meet the business strategy of manufacturing things in in that plant in Lithuania. So I think that's the maybe the the other other half to to the coin that that, that Chris raised, which is to say yes your employees obviously have, have a voice and that's really, really important. But I think we also need to take as a HR, we're now right on the front line of seeing us sitting at that strategic table, having that voice and decision-making and saying, actually, how can we align our policies? How can we align our processes? How can we align our employee value proposition to our business strategy through hybrid hybrid working? And I think that's that's a, that's an interesting piece of which is why it's kind of is being passed so far up the chain in terms of Elon Musk's and your Goldman Sachs is talking about this. Thanks, Adam. That's a really interesting viewpoint as well, like the manufacturing angle, because what I'm definitely seeing from clients is a bit of the us and them again. So those who can work from a hybrid perspective and those who are unable to, you know, think of shop floor assistants, you know, taxi drivers, NHS, all that good stuff that actually need to be present. But what I think was really interesting through the pandemic, people took it as a really good opportunity to look at their location and workplace strategy with a real key view on there's an opportunity to reduce our cost here. We've got lots of expensive office space. Let's look at how we can reduce our costs off a hybrid. So we're thinking of our people experience. But what I see a lack of from 
from the clients that we work with is an investment then into hybrid working. So they, we see a real opportunity to reduce cost base to offer hybrid working. But actually what we don't then see is that shift from an operating model to really support what hybrid working is day to day. So it's not just that we get the bottom line through, you know, from a location point of view, but what investment is required then and what should businesses be doing once they listen to their employees to be able to match some of that investment back so it's not just a cost out exercise. And I think, Becky, that's a really great point because I think obviously efficiency in any business is a great thing. So so driving down the costs, absolutely, it's something fundamental to look at. I think the the key thing and, you know, more so during the pandemic and post-pandemic, people are truly at the core of all our businesses. People are truly driving business success. They're driving business growth. So it's fundamental how we treat people and the respect. And I mean the respect of all different workforces. And I think that's a great, you know, a great example, whether it's manufacturing, whether it's retail, whether it's hospitality, whether it's more service-based like nurses and doctors and, and, you know, healthcare professionals. I think the interesting slant I would take on that is if you can't do hybrid, I guess I would look at what flexible working practices are you able to put in place. I also think as a secondary, I would also look at with different workforces and, you know, I've worked lots of different clients, whether they've got factories, whether they've got you know, distribution centers, whether they've got retail shops, all of the all of the different things that you can think of where people need to be in situ um, to do their work. I think the interesting thing is that as an HR service, as a, as a people function, and I think the same applies with finance and any of the other functions, does it matter if people are you know, working at least part-time hybrid, so part-time from from home, and then, you know, going into the factory or going into the distribution centre or going into the corporate office. And I'm fascinated what you think, because I've had lots of conversations where some people are, no, everyone should be homogenous and everyone should be in at work. I've had lots of conversations where it doesn't, that people feel like it doesn't matter. And then I've had, you know, those in the middle. So I'm interested from both of your experiences, what you're hearing on the street. See, I'm so, I'm so youthful at, at keeping up with the kids in what people hear on the street. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, that's a good, that's a good, a good question. I think for me, the, yeah, I think, as, as we said at the beginning, I think there's, the people can preload with their judgments in terms of what they, what they personally want from hybrid working. So I think a lot of people do come into this discussion saying, you know, I personally want everybody to be back into the office. Oh, I personally would like to work from home. And I think that obviously plays into the piece as well. I think the second piece is that actually a lot of organisations when faced through the pandemic, realised that they actually didn't have a lot of the tools and enablers in place in terms of enabling hybrid working, right? So they didn't have not only just the technology tools. So I think, you know, a lot of us are on Teams or on Zooms or on Google Hangouts or whatever that may be. But actually, as you said, Chris, the, the policies in place in order to, to enable that and also the strategic flexibility, so if you want to say now in a post-hybrid world, we still want to try to attract the best talent. There's a strategic conversation you need to have there and a functional operating model conversation to say, well, actually, 
are we best sticking we're based in in the uk but we know the best talent for this is is in colombia or the best talent for this is in thailand for example now that we have hybrid working are we actually opening our horizons to say we are happy to go after that talent in colombia or happy to go after that talent the talent in in thailand so it's an enablers actually from a from a technology and process perspective but i also think it's enablers from a from a strategic perspective and that's also where i think then the employee experience angle that the obviously becky you speak about and know about and speak about to clients as well. I think that's also where that comes in. How do they then offer a service as HR to those enablers in order to service those employees, be them all based in the manufacturing plant in Lithuania or be them program developers sitting in Thailand? Yeah, and just to pick up on your youthful point, Chris, I thought you were saying that Adam and I were youthful and I got very excited that I got a compliment of being a youth, but no, it was just your slang that you were, you were using. I, I always will compliment you, Becky Jones. Oh, thank you, but not, not on my, oh, on my, my age, oh, right? Oh, I loving and start talking about EX. <laughs> but just to come back to your point, Chris, around what are we seeing, is it all in the office, no one in the office, a bit of a mix? I think... The trust of an organisation is at the centre of some of those decisions for colleagues. I think particularly my own personal experience when the pandemic hit that, you know, you had to trust instantly that people are going to be able to fulfil their roles at home, that the productivity that everyone was was checking was so important. But the number one piece was around well-being. And I think that trust and respect that the organisations are showing through the pandemic and post the pandemic now, looking at flexible benefits on an individual level, looking at hybrid working, looking at the setup and the infrastructure around to support colleagues is second to none. We haven't seen that in this speed, in this pace, well, in my career, in terms of being able to look at true trust and respect. From a people experience point of view, I think from a a remote working, we really need to pay attention on the the journeys that all our different colleagues and different colleagues of the organisations are coming through. It's not one size fits all, it never has been. But actually now with a hybrid point of view, we have got different ways of working and different experiences people are looking for in an organisation, whether that be flexible benefits, whether it be interaction with colleagues, a longer lunch break, you know, people are able to get to the gym, people are working abroad because they've got family commitments and ties abroad and able to work. And again, it comes back to that trust and respect that organisations are now having to put front and centre for their people, one to retain, but also to attract. So it'd just be great to see what others' views are, Adam, of what, you, what you've seen from a priority point of view. Yeah, and, and sorry, that, that point resonated with me quite a, a bit, Becky, particularly around that 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 well-being piece. And obviously it was seen so much in terms of the in terms of the the the, the pandemic. Obviously the, the very initial view of people's health and well-being in terms of you know what was quite a scary time for, for all of us. I think the, the second piece is then actually the 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 priorities that the organizations push themselves and how do they push those priorities through hybrid working. And I'll give you a good example of a site where safety and well-being is not just something that we need to think of in terms of the pandemic, but actually something that we need to think of all the time. So we've mentioned manufacturing organisations. I know that we've, we've got uh, listeners who work in mining organisations, who work on constru- in construction organisations as, as, as well. And actually being able to spread that that notion of safety, being able to spread that no- the notion of well-being across those different sites and across the people who maybe aren't in the office, who maybe are secluded working on on, on individual sites is really, really important. And actually, I think we can maybe take learnings from how they did that through 
the pandemic period and talk about think about our priorities as organizations as well so our priorities might not be hopefully i think they you know everyone wants our, our employees to be safe and, and and well at work but there might be other things in terms of you know in terms of productivity and in terms of agile working for example and all of that good stuff and i i think that what we need to do if we go think of our priorities and our enablers and how we push this out is think about what are those business things that we want people what we want people to be doing what are those business practices that that we want people to be engaging with and how do we ensure that they're engaging with that now that could be that they stay where they are they stay in the country that they're in they stay they they stay at home we allow them to give them that flexibility it could be actually that we need to see them on the on site to ensure that they're doing x y and z to meet those priorities so again i think that's just another interesting way Becky, when you were talking about priorities being well-being, that actually companies should be looking at, could be looking at hybrid working is what are our priorities and are we ensuring that those priorities can be can be met? And can that drive maybe a bit more of an approach in terms of hybrid working? And I, I think both Becky and Adam have covered off, you know, a, a huge number of great points. I think the really interesting thing to me is to think about both experience, engagement, connectivity, because I look at it and go, I think the pandemic probably for the first time in, I don't know, 130 years, let's say since the industrial revolution, has really focused on a term that I would call employee agency. And really, what do I mean by that? I mean that the power has shifted significantly from employers to employees. And therefore, whether you like it or not, now I personally think we should be doing this anyway, employee experience is fundamental, engagement is fundamental, and connectivity is fundamental. I think we can, you know, to Becky's point, there's lots of things we can look at journeys and how we can make them better, both in a digital way and, 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 you know, in the, the things that happen face to face. But I truly think we need to learn a new way to operate in a hybrid environment. Like, and you look at it, some people are great at connecting, at, you know, holding a meeting, but still having the, you know, almost the water cooler chat or whatever the, the term in the UK is. So to have those connected conversations just that are normal as a normal human being that you would have at work, I think personally, we've gone into the pandemic, we've gone into hybrid working, and the majority of organisations have not focused on teaching line managers, leaders how to do that well. I think some people naturally, because of their personality, their style, etc., have managed to do that exceptionally well. I think others have done that incredibly poorly. And, you know, you look at some of the original stats, there were people that who were hired in the pandemic if they never went into the office, they were 50% more likely to get in, you know, to try for another job than those who'd gone into the office. So I think connectivity is absolutely fundamental. I think engagement's fundamental. I think looking at and driving good employee experience is fundamental because it attracts people, it keeps people um, working at their jobs and it keeps people satisfied. So I think to me, a lot of it is about education, about learning, about making things a success by investing and, and you know spending the time. And I think that's a that's another really good good point, Chris, that that, that you raised there around connectivity. And actually, I, I didn't know that stat, so that was a really that's a really interesting stat because I think it then comes back to obviously the world that that, that we play in in terms of 
operating model and, and function optimization around things like employee retention. You know, if you're an if you're an organization that works in an area which there's a high demand for talent, you don't want your employees walking out the door for the reason that they've not really been able to connect with their team. So I think that's a really good stat just to say this has kind of real world implications. It's an ethereal kind of point of, you know, I want to be in the office versus I don't want to be. Actually, this is bottom line impact for your organization. And has bottom line impacts for, for the HR strategy that you're trying to enact as well. So yeah, I just wanted to respond to that that stack because I thought that was a very interesting one. I'll be using it in the future. <laughs> Stealing it. And that's what we like as well. So I wanted to ask a question, just touch, I actually ask all of you guys, just touch on what you were talking about a minute ago, Chris, when you were talking about people have had to change the way in which they engage, like and even things like the way in which you line manage people. And the first thing that pops into my head is how do you even, if I'm thinking about, if I'm running a business, how do I even train that? How do how do you even train and engage that? Or is it just a cultural thing that it's just ingrained within your culture? So, so I think, Chris Howard, it's at two levels. I think it's absolutely mindset driven. So, it, so it's very much cultural. It, it's about what are the things that are important to us as a business. But I think it's always great to have shared mindset, shared principle, shared pillars. I think it's how do you actually in practice take that to a day-to-day -day level? And I, I think the interesting thing, and I'll give the example of this podcast. Yep. We are situated in all different parts of the country. And and honestly, to me, that's the beauty of hybrid working. Yeah. Now we are communicating with each other we are telling each other you talk now you talk now what what's the next question yep so it's smooth behind the scenes you can't see the paddling you can't see the 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 wings flapping but to and me, you're not supposed to i'm going to interrupt you this is all stuff from behind the veil now listeners are now being uh they're now now being brought back behind the curtain so it, it, You're in trouble after this podcast. It, it's, it's all right, Mr. Howard, because I know you'll probably cut this section out of the, the podcast anyway. Um, but I think the I think to further make my point, education is fundamental. I think it's to me really going back to basics. And and it's almost strange to have to say that, but to me, it's things like if you are part of a team, what are your clear team objectives over the next month what are the key things that we all have to deliver do we have shared workspaces do we agree that meetings you know have an agenda that they're focused around key objectives but we also spend the first five minutes actually checking in and connecting do we agree that because we should shorten meetings by five minutes, 10 minutes, so that so that we're not all back to back all the time. There's either time to do work or time to have a comfort break or whatever the, the things are. So I think fundamentally, we should return to, um, you know, some of the good practices we had in the office and make sure that we're doing those same kind of things in a hybrid environment. And it's really refreshing to hear that, Chris, because I think some of these things that people just take for granted, you know, you start a meeting, you're straight into shop, straight off you know not how was your weekend whereas actually in the office you have that naturally walk into a meeting room or you bump into somebody in the corridor I think in terms of training and learning really interesting question can you can you train to be a really good hybrid role, role manager let's see how the the next few years pan out I suppose to see which leaders do rise to the top and which ones are actually going to get bitten I suppose from the hybrid point of view I suppose for me the key question or the, the key area is acknowledgement 
that things need to change now we're in a hybrid work working environment so not just fingers crossed let's hope for the best everything works out actually investing some time and thinking into what does it mean to be a manager of a hybrid workforce to be part of a hybrid workforce but also strategically to Chris's point what are our principles when it comes to the, the basics of time management and, and meeting etiquette I suppose which is fundamental to so many different roles particularly those roles that can do hybrid. And I think as well we spoke about learning and we spoke about those requirements I think again if we bring it back to what it means kind of for, for HR and the service requirements that we have as, as, as HR, I think is really interesting, not just in terms of how we offer our service, so we can talk about how we can, you know, help line managers learning to be better managers, but actually how can we provide that support for line managers and the questions that they're going to raise? You know, is that because you, you you said, Becky, the, there was a time not that long ago where, you know, you could just bump into a line manager. You could have those maybe softer com- those softer conversations. And I'd be really interested to hear when this obviously goes out, if people could comment on, on LinkedIn or something, if, this, if people found that that change is, has happened where maybe, you know, they, they don't feel they're maybe getting the support or they feel that maybe some of that softer touch for their line managers is has, has gone. And actually, how can we as HR organisations help support that and help support those line managers, not just from a, from a, a because we're nice people perspective, but actually from those service requirements of what we want to do. We are nice, nice people, obviously, as well in, in HR, but, you know, the service that we're providing our employees and our line managers as, as well to, to, to help navigate kind of this, this changing hybrid some really fascinating stuff. We literally have three minutes left. That has been absolutely flown by as a fireside chat. I've really enjoyed it and certainly we'll do more of these. But I didn't want to finish off today's show without giving you each a kind of opportunity to do a Jerry Springer style final thoughts. And there'll be some people listening to this that will probably be thinking... Who's Jerry Springer? And maybe that's just me showing my age. But I wanted to, uh, just any final thoughts that you wanted to add? I'll start with you, Mr. Horton, on our discussions on hybrid, some of the some of the things that we've found out as a business and some of the things that we've found out from some of our clients as well. So a couple of key points that I would say, I think fundamentally discussions should be had with all employees on an individual basis. That's not to say that it shouldn't be in the business context of how, you know, particular business operates. It absolutely should be. So have the discussion, look at it as part of the broader team, make sure you're actually listening. I think my second and my final point, because I won't go on too much unlike normal, is that we need to establish listening channels. We need to get the feedback in place so that we can understand and really get the consistent pulse of how employees are feeling and what you're doing. So absolutely two things, talk to your people and continually listen to them and and make sure you're, you're taking that on board. Lovely stuff. And Becky, from your perspective, any kind of Jerry Springer final thoughts you want to leave our listeners with? I used to remember Jerry Springer, but I don't remember the final thoughts. I've obviously turned it off at that point when someone got hit over the head with a chair. <laughs> but to build on Chris's point, I would just encourage people to be brave and be bold. You know, listen to what your employees are saying. Give it a go. Give it a try. If it doesn't work, you can always revert back. If it does work, fantastic. So be bold and be brave in this new world of hybrid. And also what's underlying all of this is trust and trusting your employees and trusting your colleagues and your workmates and and the strategy and the business leaders and the business thinkers trust that actually 
people do genuinely care and people are at the heart of our organisation. So be bold, be brave, but also trust at the same time. Lovely. And Adam, just to wrap us up. Yeah, I don't think I don't know if I've got any, anything additional. Um, to, I, I agree with the, the points perfectly. I, I think as well. Yeah, be brave in terms of try try some of these things. You know, think about what you need to make it happen. It is a it's a it's a passionate conversation, but we're used to dealing with passionate conversations in in HR. Be brave of it try try it identify what you need to make it actually happen and, and make it practical for you and your employees because i think that's the best way that you're able to uh to, to achieve this as well yeah absolutely and one of the things that we've been saying at lace partners is that there is no silver bullets one of the commentary pieces that we've come out with you can check out our website we've got a couple of uh, pieces on the site at the moment talking about this you know every organization is different organizations are complex entities and no two organizations are the same and as a result your approach to hybrid is not there is no uniform approach this is how you do it so as much as we love engaging with organizations and clients we don't have a silver bullet as we, as we talk about to be able to say oh yeah just do this and it'll all be fine you have to find your own way you have to try things you have to trust your employees as becky was saying and adam you were saying that as well try things and you know that's what we need to think about but hopefully our listeners have enjoyed this fireside chat today a little bit different where i gave free swim and rain to our uh, wonderful panels here chris horton is waving although you can't see that listeners because this is just an audio only format but we might try this as a video format but becky thank you very much for joining me today thank you i've uploaded my first one i'm glad i put my lippy on to find <laughs> out it was only audio <laughs> it's all good we'll do a video one next time adam good to have you on mate Cheers, thank you. And finally, last but not least, Mr. Horton, thank you for joining us. Mr. Howard, a pleasure as always. And thank you to Becky and Adam. It was fun. Thank you. Good fun episode. Thank you very much, listener, for listening in. Hopefully you've enjoyed that. If you've got any other thoughts around hybrid that you want to share with us or want to talk to us, then please do so. We are all ears. We are always there to uh, listen and talk to the wonderful people that we speak to in the HR space. But it's been great having this debate today. Hopefully you enjoyed it. You can, of course, get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I don't need to tell you where you get your podcasts because you already know by now. But thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next time on the HR On the Offensive Podcast. Bye-bye.